The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from taking a new medicine, eating a a special food often, and then all of a sudden you get digestive problems, bloating, breakout in rashes? Have you ever gone on a trip, vacation? Next thing you know, you're feeling sleepy, 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 getting irritable, and next thing you know, You realize, oh my God, I'm breaking out in rash. What is it? What am I allergic to? If you've ever gone on one of those, yet another, a rotation diet, because you've developed a food intolerance, and you can see eliminating yet another food, today's your day because we're going to discuss managing food allergies. In today's world, it's very common to see people being on the food allergy merry-go-round. Just go on any menu in a restaurant these days, and you're going to see that literally going to an obstacle course of food allergies. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to manage the food allergy management system. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada, and remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. But remember, you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. So, I watched Super Bowl the other day, and there was a commercial that you could call or you get on the web and you could i don't know it was like foodfest.com i can't remember what the the address was but anyway if you go on foodfest.com these people in your neighborhood will drop off food so i went oh i want food i want it dropped off i want food dropped off now so i went but i'm gluten-free and it's interesting because years ago 
in the 80s, I have, my epilepsy was really bad. I was on the macrobiotic healing diet. And so I had all this muscle testing and all these other tests. And I was no gluten, no meat, no dairy, no nothing. And it was a sad, sad time. But I did what I could to get rid of the seizures. And they got better with that, plus Chinese herbs, plus a lot of things. And so then the seizures got better. And I did a lot of other stuff, including affirmations, Louise Hay. And then I started reintroducing the things that I was intolerant to, and I built up tolerance to them. And I was really able to reintroduce them. And then years later, about 2012 or so, I developed this problem where it's a neurological problem related to my spine that affected my GI tract. And so all of a sudden, it it occurred to me that I was, when I was in the hospital with these tubes down my uh, GI tract, that there was going to be no more wheat in my future. So even after fooling around with, you know, pie and stuffing and at Christmas saying, what the hell, I don't care about this, there was going to be no more pie and wheat in my future. I call it wheat. They say gluten. You know, the wheat called it wheat in the 80s, but everybody wants to call it gluten. And I know, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Anywho, the thing is, this is not an allergy. That's acquired intolerance. And in medicine, along with everything, it has a good effect and a bad effect. So as I'm looking on this menu on the web after I watched the Super Bowl ad, I finally get to a restaurant who has gluten-free stuff. It was amazing. Every menu item was gluten-free. But it had a very intricate code this one was gluten-free, this was dairy-free, this was vegan, this was vegan. It was very complicated. I couldn't handle all the symptoms, symbols. By the time I got through the menu, the Super Bowl was over and I couldn't figure out who won. Apparently, you know, the guy who used to be in the Patriots won, but, you know, it was over. So I, and all the restaurants were closed, so there you go. And that's how food intolerances get. They can get way out of hand. First you see one roach, then you see two cockroaches, and next thing you know, the whole thing is crawling in roaches. Intolerances tend to spread because it's really a problem with one's immune system going awry. You get one, then you get another, and get another, when really it's not the element that you're intolerant to. It's a lack of tolerance. It's not like allergies, which you're probably sure of. When you have an allergy, you make an antibody against it. And you can tell in your blood, you have either have eosinophils, a white cell that shows allergy, or you have IgE, a protein antibody that shows allergies, and so on. And either you're born with it or you acquire it. And people who have one allergy tend to get, you know, tend to be atopic, A-T-O-P-I-C, tend to be kind of people who are allergic. And though allergics can get, allergies can get worse with emotions, just like every illness, seizures get worse with emotions. Being able to repair from a broken bone 
can be worse with depression, anxiety, and so on. Everything gets worse with stress. So can allergies. So not everything, everything is in your head in part because the head is connected to the body. The blood, she goes all over. So can food intolerances and so can any intolerances. If you would ever take pharmacology or go to medical school or nursing school or any school, you learn that everything has a bad and a good effects. So you get a good new boyfriend or girlfriend or a friend, you realize they have good parts and they have bad parts. And if you want to stay friends with them, you might develop tolerance to the bad parts of them to be able to stay and enjoy the good parts or all the neutral parts in between. If you can, if you can negotiate yourself around them because you realize that you don't have all good either. So every medicine has an effect, a good effect that you want, and a side effect, the part that's not so great. Almost every drug, every drug has a digestive side effect. I want you to know that. Everything, almost everything you put in your mouth can have a digestive symptom, a side effect, everything. So everything can trigger a digestive tract, which makes sense because your digestive tract is like AstroTurf. Just walking on it or skidding on it causes rug burns. Anything you put in there is going to cause a digestive side effect, possibly. And then it goes on from there. Because the digestive tract is connected to the brain, it's connected to your blood system and everything, and your heart and your kidneys and blah. The point of the matter is, People can have an effect on us and a side effects. There's only so many things, so many foods, so many medicines, so many supplements you can connect out, cut out of your life until you have nothing. You have braised celery and sautéed water. Eventually, you have to build up tolerance. There are some people who are porous, porous or sensitive who do not have a thick skin, who are intuitive, spiritual, who are very sensitive to other people, sensitive to the environment, sensitive to light, sound, and whatever. As a result, even a normal sound sounds loud like this, and even normal lights sound loud like this and bright. And certain types of foods can easily be too whatever and cause intolerance. Same thing with medicines, same thing with anything. Because they're they're on edge, they're twitchy, they're hypervigilant for whatever reason. If you're very intuitive to hear that very subtlest sound feeling vision in someone's mind way over there means that an actual sound in front of you, an actual light in front of you, is so much more intense because your brain is calibrated to hearing the subtlest subacute sound. So you can understand why people who are very, inti- very intuitive tend toward anxiety, environmental 
allergies and tolerances, food intolerances and allergies. But we're still on the earth. They may be more comfortable, we may be more comfortable in the cosmos, but we unfortunately are still on earth. It may not surprise you to know that I have a lot of allergies, life-threatening. First anticonvulsant blew out my bone marrow. It was unbelievable. And it's not like, oh, I felt a little itchy. I mean, my blood was going away. If I stayed on that medicine, it would have made me have to be in an ICU ICU unit, intensive care unit, and I would have to get a bone marrow transplant. It makes me stutter even thinking about it. I begged to be on the drug because its effect was amazing. It helped me go from a 2.22 to a 4.0 average of brown. But the side effect wasn't wiped out my bone marrow. It's called an idiosyncratic reaction. It wasn't an allergy. It was one of those really ridiculous things like a lady called on a Facebook Live week, a Facebook Live um, show last week. Every Friday I do a Facebook Live. She said she's walking down the road and all of a sudden a walnut falls out of a tree and hits her right upside the eye and she has to have an eye surgery. Now that is a ridiculous thing. And that's an idiosyncratic reaction. It's like a twist of fate. And so maybe you're one of those people for the rest of your life, you're off of that. If you are one of those people who have a lot of those, and I have a lot of those, then you probably are the same with people. You've been called high-strung, thin-skinned. You don't take chances. You don't take changes very well. I hate to blame the person, but the problem needs to be addressed. Though I avoid wheat, every once in a while I take a dip a toe in it because I try to build up the tolerance area in my body. In our body, we have T helper cells, white cells, that attack things. Attack! It's dangerous. And we have T suppressor cells that say, you're safe. The world is safe. What do you got the problem here? And people who are this hypervigilant, the T suppressor cells are like, I don't know. You just never know. So every once in a while, I dip a toe in wheat. I'll order pie and eat the filling. And God knows, you know, the spoon might just take a little bit of the crust because, you know, it's just so good. And I might get just a little bit sick and get a little obstructed, just a little. And I learned to tolerate it, just a little. The thing is, it strengthens me. It's important. I'm allergic to cats or intolerant of cats. I own four of them. Allergic to a lot of stuff, mold. I'll tell you a little bit about the mold later on. The point of the matter is, you're going to have a lot of intolerances to people and things. You'll realize they have good effects and bad effects. But let me put it this way. Suppose you're invited to Oprah Winfrey's house, and Gail's there, and maybe even Stedman. They're all there. And Oprah 
has made something for you. And there's a tiny bit of something you're intolerant to. A tiny bit. A dollop. Are you? It's the only thing she's made. Are you going to not eat it? Are you going to eat it? Now, I mean, it's one thing if it's anaphylaxis and you know you die. Like a friend of mine, peanuts, that's different. She dies. Though you can now work with a professional, it takes a while, a professional, and build up tolerance in your white cells. But it takes time, and you have to work with a doctor and a whole set of professionals to do that. It's called provocative normalization. But if there's just a tiny little bit of something like wheat on the top of the crust, would you stay away from the whole dish? You would say, oh, it looks lovely. I'll have it. And just brush a little of the crust to the side. Because the good effect of eating it is far greater than the bad effects. What would be the bad effects of not eating it? There is a positive effect of developing tolerance. And that's coming from someone who has difficulty with it. I'm Dr. Melissa, and we're talking about managing food intolerances. If you want to know more about this, solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get on the line today and you want a reading, go a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, and call 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. We will go to Sandra. 59, I am all set for you. How can I be of help? Okay. Well, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Um, Okay. Yeah. 59 next week. (laughs) Um, So during the lockdown last March, um, we were not able to work from March till June 1st. So I went back to work June 1st and I Okay, let me tell you. Hold on one second. Wait a minute. The first thing I see is there's someone who's like a gargoyle in your life. They like sit and they watch you and you're under their thumb and it's annoying and it's anxiety (laughs) provoking for you. It's like that person who sits on the edge of the roof poised and it's very anxiety. Your anxiety goes to your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland takes any body fat you have, produces via progesterone, cortisol, which you could eat braised celery and sautéed water and gain weight. Yes. The second thing is the cortisol, the progesterone goes to the near, can get converted to androgens, which can affect your hair. The thing is, is that this individual, I can't figure out if they're in a relationship with you. Whatever it is, you can't get emotional protection from them. And you get angry. And your anger itself is a very weightogenic emotion, meaning it puts on weight. And they disrespect you. 
they don't give you space. They use your ideas and they make them their own. Who is this person? Wow. It sounds like my ex-husband. How ex is he? Uh, about 20 years. <laughs> Do you have kids? Yes. How old are they? Um, one's in spirit, and he's, thir- he's 30. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. 32 and 40. 41. I should say 41. So I have three sons. What's your boss's name? Oh, don't say it. What's your boss like? I have a new boss, and it's she's a woman, and she seems to be very supportive. Where do your children live? Uh, they live on their own. What was your ex-husband like? He was controlling. He didn't respect me. Uh, made a mockery of me. Really? And... Yeah, and I... Wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. How did he mock you? Because I was always a little bit out of the box as far as my views, you know, more eccentric, and... So let me explain. Let me go through your body, and I'm going to explain what the problem is. I'm sorry about your son. Thank you. I look at your head. I see you were trying to have a relationship with someone and a third person interfered. I see that you blame yourself in part that if you were better in some way, that wouldn't have happened, which is wrong. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. Your body has excess estrogen, excess androgens, and that can affect your thyroid. But fixing your thyroid is not the problem. I look at your heart. I see a pressure in your small arteries. I see increased susceptibility of having elevated fats in your body. I look at your left chest wall, right chest wall. Your body has a heaviness to feeling of weighing down. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I wonder if you've had a body image problem in the past. Years ago. Wait a second. I wonder if the men around you tend to be charming, charismatic, attractive, tend to go after what they want and not see the impact of their behavior on others. Their sense of self-worth is over the moon. Your self-image is lower. You put them on a pedestal and admire them. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. I see problems with insulin, blood sugar. I see in the past the capacity to have densities in your pelvis, either a widening of your uterine wall, around your ovaries, or both. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a, a problem with your ankles and your knees and a capacity for fluid. I see a change in density in your hair and a problem with your skin. 
both of which is hormonally mediated. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Well, you just nailed a, lo- a whole lot there. Um, when I went back to work, I, st- I developed alopecia and what they call telogen effluvium, where I have excess hair loss. So I was wondering if I know that there's something. Hold on a second. When you went back to work. Right. This summer from the shutdown. So I didn't know if my body was internalizing the stress of everything. You had collagen collagen effluvium. Telogen effluvium. Oh, telogen. Yes. I didn't didn't understand what collagen. Yeah, Um, the T. how, How tall are you? I'm five four. How I used to be. You, yeah. Five, how four. much did you weigh? What was the most you weighed? The most I've ever weighed was around 198 pounds. How much have you lost? But I weigh like 168. But for me, that's phenomenal because it's so hard for me to lose weight and. I do have severe hypothyroidism. That burned out when I was 28. I had myxedema. I wasn't treated or it was, wow. I was, yeah. And my son was born um, with a congenital heart defect. He's the one who passed. Um, I'm so sorry. Thank you. How old was he? Six when years died? ago. Six he years was 24. <clears throat> he How died by suicide. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, what are your ankles like? So I broke my ankle <laughs> about 10 years ago. So I'm very sensitive to the weather, uh, barometric pressure. I do have arthritis in my right hand, like a carpal tunnel that's getting worse from my job. But I, you know, What did your husband it, say to you about self-esteem and your appearance? Oh, it's terrible. You, you you just need to exercise and as he, he ran off to go he, play ball. I understand. Was he unfaithful? Um, possibly. I don't know. Why did the relationship end? Because I, I had a hysterectomy and I said, heck with you. Right. I get it. My, my ovaries actually ruptured from undiagnosed endometriosis. Right, those were the cysts. Listen, you need to work with someone who can work with your weight and hormones because it's what's affecting your hair. Okay? Okay. I'm I'm really serious. That's my music. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk more about intolerance and how it influences our digestion and our relationships. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
We're back. Welcome back. And this is Healthy Living Intuitively. And today's show has been dedicated to food intolerances. We've learned that there's lots of ways of being intolerant. First of all, we can be allergic to something. For example, we can have an overgrowth of bacteria in a bowel. We might have problems with motility and menopause or around the change. Your progesterone changes and your bowel may not move as much. So food goes through that slowly. And when that happens, normal peristalsis doesn't work. So bacteria overgrows. And when that happens, your immune system reacts to the overgrowth of the bacteria. You produce cytokines and all kinds of intermediaries that your body reacts to. The second thing is if you get a certain amount of fat in your diet, you get a certain weight, the lymphatic vessels surrounding your bowel get clogged with foam cells, just like arteries, arterial sclerosis, they get clogged too. And when that happens, the lymphatic vessels cannot provide the appropriate amount of immune system to that area. And when that happens, just at midlife, when the incidence of heart disease starts to go up, that's when people start to get more food intolerances. Just when our blood vessels are starting to get just a little bit of plaque in them is the time when we start to get food intolerances. And what you don't know is that when our blood vessels are getting plaque, so are our lymphatic vessels. Lymphatic vessels provide immune system to our bowel. Does not surprise me that just as just as we are getting this kind of risk factor escalating at midlife, we are getting more tolerance problems. And then, of course, not to mention that when that happens, our immune system may get more porous or sensitive or leaky. And when that happens, when we get bacterial overgrowth, overgrowth because of the motility problems, endotoxins leak in to our blood and cause inflammation. There's a couple of other things. There are ways in which people manipulate the immune system lining their bowel. Every once in a while, people manipulate their food, calories, and amounts of food. If you do that, you change, they call it cleanses. And though I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of a lot of cleanses, what I am a fan of is Every once in a while, you want to make sure state where it will shuffle 
the amino acids lining your bowel. I can't figure out if it's from glutamine to alanine or alanine to glutamine, whatever it is, it involves changing amino acids from your muscles. And it involves you dramatically lowering your calories. That's usually what people do when they do a cleanse. And that's what they usually do when they do those coffee and uh, not coffee cleanses or they do all kinds of different cleanses. What they're doing is radically lowering your calories. And really what you really are doing is shuffling the amino acids lining your bowel lining, which actually resets the immune system there. And that actually can reset your food intolerances. The other thing is that you can work with a nutritionist to actually find out what foods you're eating too many of. Because if you eat a food repetitively, you can actually create an intolerance and teach you not an algae elimination diet, but a more varied meal plan. When I talk about varied, we're not just saying, oh, you know, it's like dealing cards where it's some random assortment of food. What you really are doing is introducing a set amount of foods on a rotation so that your body doesn't get a chance to build up a tolerance. Because just when your body thinks it's starting to get a tolerance to it, oh, you've taken it away and you're putting another food in there. And just when your body thinks it's setting a tolerance for it, oh, you're changing it and doing it again. That is that a, a nutritionist can really help you do that. And then you can work with a cognitive behavioral therapist to help you with a mindfulness treatment called distress tolerance skills that can teach you how to learn a mindfulness skill. DPT teaches you this. And yes, I know it's for borderline personality disorder, but I'm talking a skill that can help you be aware of the bad effects that you can have from a food that you're intolerant to, but at the same time, be aware of the good effects. So that's a dialectic that there might be a difficult effect from that food, but a positive effect. There are some medicines or supplements we use that we tolerate because we want the effect. A good one example is estrogen. A lot of people use estrogen and they're aware that it can increase your, their risk of being a little heavy or increase their risks of some other side effects, clots, and so on. But they take it because of the positive effects. Alcohol. People drink alcohol because it makes them feel good. They like the taste. It relaxes them. And the negative effects, and it can increase their risk for this, that, this, 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 and it can make them sleepy. And the negative effect is it can get them in trouble. They can say things that are stupid or act stupid or hit on people, get in trouble. A negative effect and a side effect and a positive effect. Everything is positive and negative. So we can learn distrust tolerance skills, even with foods and food intolerances. And that will help build up 
your brain and your immune system. We will go to line three, Bob, 67. Oh, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Oh, thank you very much, Dr. Melissa. Um, actually, I'm calling on behalf for a daughter-in-law um, who's at, at work. Is are you possible to be able to read okay. her? Yes, I'm going to explain something to you. First of all, yeah. But <laughs> you could tell by your voice, you poor thing. <laughs> Did you hear that weak need reaction? Bob, I love you more than my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> It's always, I'm in pursuit of the be- the perfect bag for the airport. When we used to go to the airports, remember that? Back in the olden days? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I know you love your child. Mm-hmm. And you're very intuitively keyed into them. Mm-hmm. And you run in lots of different, different directions, take on a lot of different projects, and you can relate to your child's family. Mm-hmm. And you have a keen, sharp intellect. The key is you got a problem. I used to know this intuitive named Senior Raposo. Mm-hmm. And he had a very he was very accurate. And my mother used to go to him. And some mm-hmm. of this I can't say on the radio. <laughs> I get it. No, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> I thought I did. Go on. So my mother went to him because a relative was married. And my mother was concerned about the marriage. Mm-hmm. Because she loved this child. Okay? Mm-hmm. So in Portuguese families were Portuguese. You just do that. And when I went to psychiatry, I did it because I, I, I couldn't stand up in surgery or anything. So I had to become a psychiatrist because the only thing you could do to sit down, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a hard time doing what they do in psychiatry. Um. There are these things called norms, and unfortunately, nothing in psychiatry was a Latina norm. When you talked about family therapy, if you would never say, um, call your aunts and find out what they're doing. <laughs> are they okay? Are they, is their marriage okay? You would never say that <laughs> in psychiatry. If you did, they'd say that that family is enmeshed. Do you understand? Yeah. Yes, yes, and I did. And that they had poor boundaries. And they would say that the emotions go through that family very quickly. I learned that. Mm-hmm. And so that when I listened to family therapy in all this class, I went, oh, my God. Because when Joseph had a problem with Thelma, my Aunt Evie would tell my mother, who would tell my Uncle Tony, who would, everybody would know in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I learned that that was wrong. Do you understand? But yes. my Aunt Evie had to tell uh, my mother about Joseph and Thelma because if she didn't, it would stay in her body and she'd get the arthritis and the diabetes and she had the kidney issue. So she had mm-hmm. to say something and get it out. Just mm-hmm. like you, Missy. 
You have to say yeah. something because you feel it very badly. You're very, very, very intuitive. And you see a problem in this situation that you want to prevent. Mm -hmm. So dearly. And you have a great capacity to set aside your needs and sacrifice yourself. So what do you do when you have intuition? Exactly. I know, I know. When, what, what, the psychiatry does not have a solution for this. What do you do? Oh. You call someone on unityonlineradio.org. <laughs> <laughs> or you totally. go to Senior Raposo and you say, concerning my daughter, <laughs> what do you see? <laughs> do you understand? Yes. And the problem is this. Psychiatrists can't do pelvic exams because mm -hmm. they can't, they can only talk to the person from the waist up. Mm -hmm. And intuitives have no right to talk about certain things that are not in their purview. The thing is, is that intuition doesn't work that way. It doesn't know when to stop. When I was, and neither does a mother. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, I was told I was nosy. Mm -hmm. I, does that sound familiar? That I was nosy. That I was mm -hmm. too interested in what was going on with other people. In fact, in the second grade, I got F conduct, F conduct grades. <laughs> I was horrified when I read this. I was told that I did my own work very quickly and shopped sloppy and I was overly concerned with the problems of the people in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. You, Bob, are doing your life quickly and sloppy and you're overly concerned with the people in your family. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that that's at the risk of dementia and other problems. And I understand that because you have roving intuition. It's impossible for it to keep it from the waist up. And when you look at your daughter's life, it's impossible to just look at the food. Because mm -hmm. the food is above the waist. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying her problem is below the waist. Mm -hmm. I'm simply saying that So well, what can I do to, Okay. I guess I'm looking from a place of help. What can I do? Well, the thing is, Nothing? is that some relationship in your life died. It died. Mm -hmm. And it was someone who had an authority over you and a family. Who was that person? Had authority over me and a family? Who do you live with? My husband. How old is he? A uh, year younger. Is this your first husband or only husband? Only husband. Mm -hmm. Where do your parents live? Um, they're they're both dead. How long ago did they die? Uh, mother back in uh, uh, 2012. And what was her personality like? Uh, much like me. 
In what way? Well, um, let's see. Her background was, you know, she was a mother of seven kids and very loving, and uh, um, she cared about everybody. You know, if anybody had a problem, she did novenas, you know. I mean, so. Um, so she was like my Aunt Evie. Mm-hmm. My Aunt Evie had a six-foot-high Jesus statue in her living room. She died. I, I, we'll just stop laughing. It's not really funny. My point is, she did. And people put their prayer intentions on his lap. The yeah, thing is, wow. she died. Mm-hmm. And that gives her a lot of control in people's lives. Because mm-hmm. she's got her finger in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And when they don't need her, she has no purpose. Mm. Your daughter. It's my daughter-in-law. I know that. Yeah, okay, but she's my daughter, yeah. I know. Your daughter cannot have you be involved with her health. Okay. Because it messes up your relationship with your son. Okay. Do you understand how that works? Yeah. Because Actually, I do. If there's any aspects of her food Uh and adrenal glands and emotion around it that has anything to do in part with her marriage, you can't say that. Yeah, I know that. But I thought maybe somebody else could. And then... How would your son feel? This is like doing a reading. This is what it is. You should be learning intuition so you can use it because your mother had it and you have it and you got a problem. The problem is you and not your daughter-in-law. You have roving intuition and a lot of intolerances have to do with hypersensitivity because of what I said in the beginning in the opening which is you have a lot of sensitivity because you can hear at a distance, clairaudience. So what you hear in front of you is loud. What you feel in front of you is loud because you can clairsentient feel at a distance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do understand. So so Mm -hmm. therefore, it's extremely difficult for you to feel someone's pain at a distance Mm -hmm. because it feels intense. The thing is, you have to figure out what to do with that. Mm -hmm. For example, and how to parse when to do something and when not to. Consider this. You get someone on the phone with you, and you're trying to help them with their allergies, right? Yeah. Say it's your son, but his wife wants to be on the phone. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? If part of his health is about her. He can't talk to you directly about it. She's on the phone with him. Did mm-hmm. you get that? Yeah, yeah. It's like trying to cut a penny in half. It doesn't work. So mm-hmm. you get that? Yeah, I, I, I do. Because Is there anything that... You can't. It interferes with your relationship with your son. You may fix your daughter-in-law, but you lose a son. He's got to be your son. And... 
let her be his wife. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to figure out a way of using your intuition outside of your family. Because people who don't know what to do with their intuition, they practice it on their families by accident. Sure enough. Do you get that? What do you yeah, do for yeah. a living? What do you do for a living? <laughs> I was um, in uh, adolescent psychiatry. Oh, for God's sake! A nerd. Yeah. So. You and... past ten- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Past ten- I just retired. I'm. I just retired. I'm 66. Okay, there, that explains everything. First of all, there used to be someone near you, a person who had a, it was a, the top of a family, and it died. It ended. Where did you work? At um, a hospital on the uh, adolescent unit. What was it like in that unit? Mm, chaos. I mean, as far as uh, chaos. And what was the person over you like? Calming, actually. Calming. Mm-hmm. Did it, was it easy for you to work in an environment where someone had something over you, some authority? Mm, yeah. Are you, well, are you are you a physician? No, no nurse. <laughs> You're a nurse. Mm-hmm. So who takes your orders off? I all know it. Oh. Yeah, we, we, you know. Um, I already know the answer. You're a nurse. So in yeah. a hospital setting, who's over you? At the docs. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, yep. mother of God. Yep. You get that? Oh, I tell you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's a hierarchy right over there. So there's authority yeah. over you. You're a nurse, and there's a doctor over you. Mm-hmm. And that situation died. Mm-hmm. The nurses keep people alive. The doctors come in, and the doctors come out. The nurses do therapy on the unit, on the patients, don't they? Yeah. Especially in the psych unit, right? Yes. So the nurses write notes on the patient of what goes on. I used to read what went on with the patient with the, on the nurse's notes. Yeah. How many doctors read the nurse's notes? Today, probably less with uh, on the computer, you know, than they used to. So, Nobody wrote yeah. notes. Yeah. In on sufficient coping was a nursing diagnosis. I used to know the nursing diagnosis codes. Yeah. Because the, the patient would tell you one thing, and then you read the nursing note when you left, and they'd say, oh, another other thing of what used to go on <laughs> when you were gone. Do you understand that I can <laughs> You're laughing. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> right? They raise hell. Like, totally you're like, true. oh, my God. Got it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. point is, is now you have nothing to do because you have no authority over you. And so now your intuition and your skills are running rampant. Hello? So now you go, your intuition is roving over to the daughter-in-law. Yes, absolutely. Because you're your kids. Enough. Yeah. You know what's going to happen to you if you don't use your IQ points? Mm. What does the word involution mean to you? Well, I'll, it's kind of like having an implosion. Dementia. <laughs> well, that's implosion as far as I'm concerned. You yeah, know? No, you're not going to do that. You're not over with. That was not retirement. You're not retired. You're going to get, use another, you're going to use this ability. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to use it on your family members. 
That's mm-hmm. a default mechanism. You know that, right? Yes, I do. And and that's I've been in the midst of trying to figure out, you know. Okay, listen. This what is how do you I do, do next. Okay, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. First of all, do not do coaching, uh, or I will go outside this window and I will throw a pen at you. Take a while. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, camera, I got it. But you'll go outside the door, and all of a sudden, a um, what kind of pen is this? A pilot. Proceeds, yeah. I'll feel it. Right upside the hole. You go, wow, she's accurate. <laughs> so I want you to work with your intuition and do something. It's not for diagnosis. It's not for nursing. It's not anything. It's a completely other kind of skill. Mm-hmm. And I want, because Pat Brenner, Benner, B-E-N-N-E-R, used to show how expert nurses use intuition coupled with intellect. To make decisions that's an awakening intuition yeah so you had to have developed it which of yeah. course you show mm-hmm. you already know it plus the fact is you already knew the idiosyncrasies of your daughter and your sons because you had no problem intuitively seeing what was going on there i knew it mm-hmm. develop it it's already developed use it i want to thank you for welcoming me into your day you've been listening thank to you. healthy living intuitively with dr mona lisa Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.